0: here at Winter Park in Oviedo, Sanford online as well. I've here, we got some people uh, in Overflow here uh, at Winter Park, and so we are uh, so happy that you're joining us there as well. Uh, fourth location here today, uh, Overflow. Uh, we do have a little bit of room uh, at our 9 a.m. service. Uh, it's a room uh, at our noon service uh, if you're interested uh, in one of those two options. I get that it was cold this morning. A lot of people probably slept in a little bit. Uh, also uh, talking about and planning uh, going to four services uh, here Uh, possibly uh, in the coming weeks here at our Winter Park location. And so we'll make you aware of that as we make those decisions. Either way, we are happy that you're here, uh, whether you're here in this room, uh, Sanford Oviedo, online, or in Overflow. Week two uh, of a series we're calling uh, STIR. We're going to get to that in just a moment. We are uh, celebrating, uh, and I really mean celebrating, the end of our week of prayer and fasting this week. Come on, somebody. (laughs) The best thing about a fast is when you get to break it in Jesus' name. Uh, I mean, it's when God breaks, you get breakthrough with God. That's what I meant to say. Um, uh, we've had a great week uh, just celebrating uh, all that God has done. And so proud to uh, pastor you uh, here at Action Church. We had uh, so many. We had hundreds more uh, people join us this year than we've ever had uh, in our, our morning prayer at 6:30 uh, a.m. So if you joined us there, uh, God told me you're going to heaven for sure. And uh, so super, you should be super grateful for that. We've had a great week of prayer and fasting, ending it tonight uh, with Pastor uh, William McDowell here for an Encounter Night. Uh, at 6 p.m., uh, he has invited his church as well, and so I, I do expect that we will be in uh, at least one overflow uh, this evening. So, if you are planning on coming, 6 p.m., I highly encourage you to get here early. Uh, I believe it'll be a full night, and we'll spend uh, probably a couple hours tonight just worshiping, uh, hearing from uh, him, receiving communion. Uh, and then having some ministry time uh, as well. Stir week two. We talked about last week uh, stirring our personal relationship with Jesus. And we, we went into prayer and fasting, taught on prayer and fasting, I, I really think if you call Action Church Home, really is a foundational teaching, a practical teaching on what prayer uh, can and should look like and what fasting means in the life of a believer. As we were preparing this series and we came up with this series, Stir, we kinda felt like it was kinda like an old school, kinda, kinda churchy word, like you just gotta stir it up and, and talk about Paul, right, and Timothy, stir up the gifts, stir your faith, and we got on this idea of kinda churchy things. There are things that, that church people do, there are things that Christians do that are kinda of just unique to us, and if you've been around church for a long time, you know this, if you're new to church, I'm going to let you in just a little bit. We have our own language. We call it Christianese, and, uh, and, and we say phrases that, that nobody else says. And so when you say them out of the context of church, it's weird. And uh, so I want to just have a little bit of fun today talking about stir, stirring up the gift, kind of old school churchy things. There's one thing that a lot of older believers say, you know, just grateful that I'm washed in the blood. Washed in the blood is very theologically correct. You have been covered in the blood of Jesus. His blood atones for your sins. It took an atonement, a blood sacrifice to atone for our sins. I get that theologically. Stop saying it in public. (laughs) Sounds like you're promoting a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do at Action Church? You're just washed in the blood. Yes, but no. Oh, well, here's another one. You know, I just wanna pour into you. I don't think I want you to do that. Uh, nope, I just, nope, nope. There's just no context in which, no, you wanna invest, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna uh, love, you want to encourage, you just wanna pour into, you know. We talk about our hearts a lot as Christians, like you gotta guard your heart, like guard your heart in relationships. You gotta guard your heart. We ask people, how's your heart? Instead of how, we just ask, like, how's your heart? <laughs> What's the Lord? And we whisper, yeah, how? What's the Lord been saying to your heart? What are you doing? How about, how are you doing? Learned anything from God lately? Just use normal words. We also talk about blessing their heart. You say bless, if you're Southern and a Christian, you say bless their heart if people are stupid or babies are ugly. Just bless their heart. So many Christian words. Stir, we gotta stir the gifts that, God is gifts, we're talking about a stirring the gifts. We say this all the time at Action Church and we will say it every single year, every single season, that you are created on purpose and for a purpose. That there are gifts on the inside of you that God has put in place to accomplish the purpose in which he created you to accomplish. In fact, the Bible says that there was a purpose created, there was a position created, and then there was a person created to fill it. He created good works in advance of you for you to do, which means the gifts inside of you are irrevocable, which means the gifts inside of you are not all of a sudden in there post-salvation, post-figuring them out, which hopefully we'll do today, that the gifts were put inside of you so you have the gifts that God gave you that you need to accomplish the purpose that he has called you to accomplish, even if you don't believe in him. The gifts are there. The ingredients that God has put on the inside of you to accomplish his purpose already exist on the inside of you. Just some of them aren't being utilized. brought an illustration today for our time together Brought a carable macchiato, also known as a waste of $7.50. Starbucks is recession and inflation proof. That line is wrapped around the building every single day. We just gotta go there and get our order of Starbucks. It's like crack for most people in suburban America. Doesn't make any sense. The lines are long, it doesn't taste that great, and it's overpriced. Can you imagine, I just just for a second, maybe you don't know me that well. But I just can't imagine myself as a barista. Like, there's just no way. You're gonna come in there with your 17 different instructions in your order, and I'm gonna black out at about six and be like, who cares? I've heard some of you order. There's no way you can taste everything you order. You sound ridiculous. 13 pumps, shot of this. Steam it, smoke it, separate it. I don't even know what you're talking about, neither do you. Sounds ridiculous. I heard somebody order one time. They ordered sugar-free, dairy-free, decaf. Like, that's called a waste of time and money. Like, you ordered 17 things, but you got no sugar, no dairy, and no caffeine. What, that's, that's water. It's water. The gifts are, are irrevocable. They're they're placed in us by God. They're all in the 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 container of life. They're all in the, the, the container that God has put inside of us. But for some of us, for whatever reason, they are not in the proper place. You being used in the proper way for consumption. You'll create on purpose and for a purpose, and until you find that purpose and fulfill that purpose, you will never find fulfillment in your life. Amen. Like the ingredients will be there, but you will never fulfill your purpose until they're in the proper place. Yeah. And a caramel macchiato is a, is a good drink, but some would say, but if you don't do something specific to it, the ingredients have settled and they're not ready for consumption. This is not gonna be complicated. You know where this is going. At a certain point, you gotta take this drink and you gotta. Stir. Good job. About 80%. You gotta take this drink and you gotta. Stir. Go and touch your neighbor and tell them to. Stir. Stir, you gotta stir the gift. And look at, uh, 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 and some of you are going to take a little more stirring than others. First service didn't take a lot of stirring. There's there's some people need some stirring in this service. Those gifts are way down there. Come on, you're sitting next to somebody, you're like, they got gifts, they do. They just need a lot of stirring. Some some people are going to need to. You're gonna need to take the top off and get under the hood a little bit because you got some things wrong. Some of you are gonna need some extra outside elements to stir for you. Either way, the ingredients are there, but we have to stir them so that they are ready to be consumed. What I mean by that, fulfill its purpose. This drink is meant to be consumed. Your life is meant to be given away for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. 2 Timothy says this, or theme verse, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This, this word stir is the Greek word for a kindling of a fire or a starter of a fire. And that's, that's my goal for this series and today for the gifts in your life is that we just, we have an, Igniter. we have a starter, we have some kindling that we begin to stir up or start to use the gifts that God has put on the inside of you. A spiritual gift that it wouldn't grow cold, that we would start it and it wouldn't go cold because of lack of use. I wanna use Ephesians chapter four in the early part of our message today and then we'll flip over to Romans 12 at the end for our context and for our passages today. I really wanna live in verses 11, 12, and 13 for our teaching, but I wanna give you some context verses one through 10 here in Ephesians four. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he writes this, starting in verse, 4, verse uh, chapter four, verse one. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, uh, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. I need you to know that tonight. You have been called by God. Whether you've answered or not, whether you've started or not, whether it's sitting, separated, saturated, dysfunctional, you have been called by God. Every person, God created man to know him and to make him known. You, regardless of if you've surrendered to it, whether you've accepted Jesus, whether you're living for God, you are called by God. He has done all that he needed to do to have a relationship with you, it's just whether we answer that call. Verse two, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through them all. I wanna be very clear today that as we talk about this idea of stirring up our gifts, that our gifts are for the world's benefit and for God's glory. My, my fear and the hesitancy in a church like ours, in a, in a large church that does a lot of a good or positive impact is that if we're not careful Our gifts will become about us and not about God. Here's what it looks like. We, we go to action step two, which we have here at Action Church, which I encourage you. We'll talk about that and discovering our gifts in just a moment. And we find out that, that I, I'm good at this type of thing or this type of thing. Like I'm on, the, I'm on the prayer team or I'm on the safety team or I'm on the kids team. And if we're not careful, we'll make the gifts inform form like clicks and we, we have it better and we do it better and we're good because we have this gift. And we separate, God is calling us to be the body of Christ, Christ is the head, we are the body, and our job is to use our gifts for the benefit of the world and for the glory of God. We also gotta be careful that we do the same, we don't do the same thing when it comes to our church. That it's not our church or our brand, it's the church and God's kingdom that is advancing. So we need to make sure that we are one body with one mission, under one spirit, under one authority. Verse seven, however, he has given each one of us a special gift. So he sets it up that you gotta make sure the main thing is the main thing, that we have one mission, one, one body, one unity, but now he gets sent to our gifts. However, he's given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives, and he gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. We're gonna camp out in verse nine 10 just for a moment. Notice that he says that he ascended This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. This is a picture of the authenticity and intimacy and the the way in which God loves us so much at a personal level and a representation of how powerful God really is that he descended from a throne to make himself a man. He came to serve and not to be served, that he would leave his throne so that he could have relationship with you. If that does not let you know how loved you are by Almighty God, nothing else will. I would not leave my house for some of you. Just being honest. He left a throne in heaven to walk among us, not to be celebrated are coronated, but to be crucified. And that shows you how much he loves you. It's a tangible picture that he descended from his heavenly throne to walk among us so that you and I can have a relationship with God the Father. But it also says this in verse 10, check this out. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. That's how big our God is. That He fills the entire universe. It says that heaven is His throne room. God's throne room is in heaven. That's just one room. And it says the earth is His footstool. We can't even fathom how big our earth is, and it's God's Ottoman. Our God is so big and so powerful. I'm just here to tell you today, he's not overwhelmed by your issues, by your prayers, by your insecurities, or by your fears. Like he is so personal that he dissented and humbled himself, taking the very nature of a servant, Philippians says, but he is so big and powerful that the earth is his footstool and he fills the entire universe with himself. He is personal, yet he is powerful. He is qualified to be the head of the church. He is qualified to be the head of our life. But you and I, for whatever reason, he gave us a part to play. And he gave us the ingredients we need to fulfill it. But to do that, to fulfill our purpose, I believe we have to stir up some of those gifts and make sure that everything is in the right place to be used by God for his glory and for the Earth's benefit. How do we stir the gifts? I'm glad you asked, I got three things. Great question, great question. You guys are on top of it today. How do we stir the gifts? Number one, really simple. Discover the gifts you've been given. It's a good start. To stir up the gifts, you actually have to figure out what the ingredients are. And catch this today, church, I'm, I'm talking about what God has put on in the inside of you. Have you ever been to Starbucks and got the wrong order? No? They never messed it up? They've never mislabeled it? You ever had somebody giving you the wrong name? That's funny, but the world's named some of you the wrong things. Some of you are believing that you are called by what you've done or what you've said or who you used to be. And you say, Pastor, I don't have, no, the ingredients didn't change, the world just mislabeled you. And the ingredients that God put inside of you never makes a mistake. You may have been mislabeled or misnamed, but you have never been misidentified by God and the ingredients are there and you need to discover, you need to discover those gifts. Discover the gifts that have been given. We see the gifts of of God in in Ephesians 4. Uh, We see them right here in verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave the church. These are the church gifts, the offices of the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. We see the motivational gifts in Romans chapter 12. Uh, We see the manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 13, and 14. It talks about the gifts of the Spirit and we have all of those listed in Action Step 2 at, at, at Action Church, where you can't, really can't discover your, your, your design of what God has put on the inside of you. But I don't believe the gifts that, that Paul lists in these three separate passages are, are all inclusive. The Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, with whoever he wants, however he wants. And Paul writes three different lists talking about the gifts of the Spirit that are put on the inside of the people. But he never, he very rarely repeats himself, and he has three separate lists, now, there are for three separate functions, but I think, and most scholars would agree, that, that Paul is just basically saying, here's a, here's a big idea. Here are some big subject groups, some big characteristics of the gifts of God. I believe there are so many different ways in, in which these gifts operate uniquely through individuals, through the power of the Holy Spirit. But here are some, because it's not just what you think. If you're new to church, you think that the the gifts that God has put in us is just preaching or teaching or or, or singing, no, there's so many. There's the gift of administration, the gift of apostleship, of, of starting new initiatives, ministries and missions, craftsmanship, people that build things that are good with their hands, discernment, evangelism, the gift of faith, the gift of giving or generosity, the gift of healing or helps, hospitality, intercession, knowledge, leadership, Mercy, miracles, gift of being a missionary, going to foreign lands, music and worship, pastor, shepherd, prophecy, service, teaching, speaking in tongues or interpreting tongues, and the gift of wisdom. All ingredients, all gifts in the body of Christ with unique function to fulfill the same purpose, which is to advance the kingdom of God. And we can discover those gifts Many different ways, many different churches have different ways, but at Action Church, at Action Step 2, you can discover those gifts, your personality kind of tight through the disc profile, and then a spiritual gifts test that will allow you to figure out maybe your top two, three, or four gifts that you operate in. You know, a lot of times we don't make sense until we figure out what's on the inside of us, and I really really believe that that step, whether you join Action Church or ever fulfill your part in the body of Christ here is a great next step for you to really find out what are the ingredients that God has put on the inside because we need every part. To function as a fully functioning body, we need all of us together. You don't, Ever say to your body, your right hand doesn't say to your left hand. I don't need you anymore. I've already got one. You don't. You don't. You don't look at different parts of the body, a fully functioning body, and say, "Well, I don't need you." No, we all parts of our body. The reason Paul gives us this example is because we need every part to function properly for us to accomplish all that our body is meant to accomplish. It's the same in the church. We need all of us. Let me illustrate this way. We used to share this illustration uh, back in the day uh, in one of our old action steps. You, you're, you're, picture this, you're at a restaurant, maybe at a Starbucks or uh, at a sit down restaurant and your server comes out your table and, and they spill a whole tray full of drinks. Like everything is spilled, it's on you, it's on your neighbors, it's on your kids. It's a nightmare. We all see that situation differently. And based on the gifts put on the inside of you, your filter, you will respond differently to that situation. The gift of administration would figure out that we need to get a broom, a trash can, a plan, we need, it. we need trash bags, and since it's liquid, we need to double bag it and make sure we don't make a bigger mess out of this already mess that's happened to this poor worker. The gift of leadership would build a team of five people to make sure this never happens again. The gift of helps would just sit down and do all of the work. They'd say, no, no, sweetheart, you're fine. You go do your thing. I'm gonna clean this up. They wouldn't care about what's going on except they know there's a mess to be cleaned up. The gift of mercy would go and hug that person. It'd be a full, you're, you're still great. God has a plan for you. We're gonna get through this together. Gift of mercy. You're just looking for a reason to cry with somebody. You know what I mean? You're just... The gift of prayer would just, would just pray for that person, not even acknowledge what's going on, you know, just there's no mess, there's just time for the Lord. The gift of teaching would have a three-point plan to make sure this never happened again. You know, where you really went wrong was you, you, you weighed one side more than the other, you had, you had a little too much weight on this side, I saw you, your, your step cadence was wrong, a three-point plan never happens again. The pastor and the shepherd would let them know they're not alone in this, and we're gonna get through this together I'm gonna be here. The gift of evangelism would say, you know what? When you fall down, Jesus is there. And if you would invite him into your heart today, he'll not only help you clean up this mess, but he'll help you clean up the mess in your heart. The gift of giving would buy all new glasses, would buy everybody's meal. The gift of craftsmanship would try and fix whatever was broken. And the gift of uh, discernment and prophecy would say, you know, I saw this coming. Yeah, I really did. If you would ask me. no." Different gifts all needed because if we are a fully functioning body in a local expression at Action Church, we need to reach a community to solve crisis, to come into the chaos of a community or even to a person's life. It's gonna take multiple people, the body of Christ, because when there is tragedy, when there is a mess, all of those are needed. (laughs) We need to pray. We need to make sure somebody's thinking about what does this have to do with Jesus. But we need somebody to rebuild what's broken. And we need a leader to come up with a plan. We need all of those things. And so many times, the local body of the church is not its best expression because we're missing key ingredients. And because people in the church have not discovered the gifts that God has given them. Here's the, the second thing. Once we discover the gifts, come on, it's simple. Develop the gifts you discovered. It's not good enough just to stir up the gift and and look at it. Like that thing's getting watered down by the minute. Some of you have been being watered down your whole life. Because you've been in church and you know what you're supposed to do. But you just sit and stare at it. And you wonder why you're not fulfilled. I've got all this stuff, I've got great kids, I've got a great family, but there's something missing, it's because you're not doing what you were called to do. You've either used the gifts for yourself or you haven't used them at all. And either way, it leads to non-fulfillment. We've gotta develop the, the gifts that we discovered. Verse 12, their responsibility, our responsibility as church leaders is to equip God's people. Your job is to be equipped, but to be equipped, you have to be developed. 2 Timothy 1.7, I wanna put this filter on it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm just here to tell you today, if you have fear in your heart, it's not from God. And we're all gonna operate in fear sometimes. We're all gonna be afraid. We're all gonna be uh, timid, but I'm here to tell you today, God did not give you that spirit of fear, but he gave you a, a spirit of power you and I have different gifts, but we have the same power. That, that, that thought is revolutionary. Because we think that there's, there's certain, like if, if I've got the gift of prayer or intercession, there's power because God's in it. No, what it's saying here is that we all have the same power. So if your gift is service, if your gift is craftsmanship, the Holy Spirit has the same power inside of you that God can get the same glory from you using your gift as somebody else using their gift. Just because your gift may not be a public gift doesn't mean that it does not have power. The same power but with different gifts. God's given us a spirit of power, of love, that we're called to do all of this for the right reasons. I wrote it down this way, you cannot extend God's hand without carrying his heart. If we're gonna live out our gifts and stir up the gifts, we gotta make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons and the right way, we're carrying the heart of God. We gotta have a sound mind, which means we gotta have a strategic plan. And A lot of times, developing, developing comes with some practice. You know, repetition and practice aren't just for practical things, they're for spiritual things too. But I wanna take the pressure off a little bit. I think when we talk about gifts and we talk about living for God and we talk about uh, stirring up all the ingredients, you know, if I were to stir this enough to really get it earlier, you'll see there's some coffee spilled, there's a little bit of a mess. The development process is always gonna be a little bit messy. But, I wanna submit something to you this morning. When it comes to the things of God, practicing is actually the point. Because there is no performing. Church is not a performance. Christianity is not a performance. It's a development process. Theologically, you are justified, the process of justification, you're justified by your faith instantly. When you receive Jesus, you make him the Lord of your life, you are justified. You are no longer in sin. There's justification. But sanctification, post-salvation, is a process in which is never fulfilled on this side of heaven, which means nobody ever arrives to perfect maturity, which means we're always in development. Which means we're not performing for an end goal, we're just making sure that we're practicing well and developing throughout our life. You don't, nobody gets mad if you screw up in practice. Like there's no, there's no scoreboard, and pra- the whole point of practice is to screw up, get better, and learn. My son Bentley is twelve. He's playing flag football for the first time, and he has first practice this week. We've been practicing for hours, day after day, throwing the football and running routes and practicing catching. And when you when you when you mess up in practice, there's not the consequences because you're, the whole point is to screw up there to learn and then to get better for the game. What I'm telling you is the Christian walk is all a development process. We are just becoming hopefully more and more like Jesus every single day, so the process is the point. So don't be afraid to develop your gifts, to begin to walk those things out. Are you gonna get it all right at first? No. Are you gonna get it all right ever? No. We're never gonna get everything right, but a lot of times the enemy keeps us from starting because it's like, what if you fail? The only way you can fail is if you don't start. You have to keep stirring and stirring and stirring until one day we get to heaven and we become mature in our faith and begin to walk out and live a sanctified existence. Gotta discover, gotta develop. Here's a third one. Gotta find ways to give the gifts away. Gotta find ways to give the gifts away. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I wanna make it very clear that is our job to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. That will happen in eternity. We are fully mature, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. Wrote this down this week. Gifts are given by God with the intention of fulfillment, but used by the recipient for the benefit of others. Your fulfillment is not just based on receiving the gifts, discovering the gifts, developing the gifts, but your fulfillment is based on using your gifts for other people. They shouldn't stop with you. In fact, that's not the point at all. The point is for others' benefit and for God's glory. So we gotta stir the gifts, we gotta fan the flame, we gotta start now. I said it this way, we need all the gifts, all of us, working together, working in the same direction, working for the same purpose, and catch this, working with the same posture. It's important that we have the same mindset as the body of Christ so that we can move forward in the same direction. Lost my voice. Same direction. We have to be unified in our posture, in our filter, and in the direction that we're going. says this in Ephesians four, and we'll close in Romans 12, verse three and four. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. How many of you are good at making some effort? Anybody? Making a little bit of effort? Want to be honest today in church, faking some effort. You ever send a text to somebody, you're like, I hope they don't respond, but I (laughs) tried. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. See, the, the point is, is that we, together, as the body of Christ, need to be unified in our our posture, that we are moving forward for God's glory and for others' benefit. It's not good enough to stir up the gift just for ourselves, it's not a me thing, it's a we thing. But it's not a we thing so that we feel better, It's it's a we thing as far as the body of Christ that we are going in the same direction. My fear when I talk about gifts is that we get selfish with them. And the whole point is that we live a selfless life just fulfilling our part in the body of Christ. Let me close with this, Romans six, or 12 verse six, then we'll read one through five to finish it out. Verse six says this, in his grace, in his grace that we didn't deserve it, but in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. We should take security in that. We should have a sense of, 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 of pride, of healthy pride. in that We have a part to play, you have a part to play. But we gotta make sure our posture is right in this unified mission. So let's go back to Romans 12, one through five to make sure we have the right posture to receive and stir those gifts well. Verse one says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. That means, church, you gotta catch this thing. that worship is so much more than songs playing, hands raising, shouting, clapping, and dancing, that the way you live your life, the way you use your gifts, The way in which the world sees you is the true way to worship that I offer my life, I offer my mind, I offer the gifts that God has given me, the ingredients he's put on the inside of me as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Just don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You can never know God's will for your life if you have not allowed your mind to be transformed. What what does God want me to do? He wants you to offer your body, your gifts, your mission as a sacrifice, as a spiritual act of worship, and he wants you to allow the Holy Spirit to transform your mind so you no longer think like you used to think, but now you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Once your mind is transformed, now you can begin to know and walk out the plan God has for you. Verse three, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. We could do a whole message in 2023 on that. Don't think you're better than you really are. Check this out, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. (laughs) Talk about a generation that does not do that. (laughs) Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. gonna stir the gifts, we have to stir the gifts in unity of mission. But to have proper unity in mission as a church, I need you to catch this. Humility, not thinking too much of ourselves, humility always precedes unity. And unity always precedes a powerful move of God. So the posture in which we stir these gifts has to be, God, not for my glory, but for your glory. God, I wanna stir these gifts, but, but not just for my benefit. I wanna stir these gifts for the benefit of others. I, I wanna discover and develop, but I wanna use them for your purpose, for your kingdom, and for your glory. This isn't a me thing. Catch this today, Action Church. This isn't necessarily even a we thing. This is a, a God thing. Yes. If we're not careful, We'll even make the body of Christ about what God is just doing here at Action Church, and that's just not true. If you're called here, you play a part in this body, but this body plays a part in a global body of Christ, and both of those are meant to be walked out in unity of mission and humility at heart. And so as we stir these gifts, as you go to action step two, as you take your next step, whatever that is, I pray that that's unified in the mission humble in the approach. Would you bow your heads at every location, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you. God, we praise you. We thank you for your word today in Ephesians 4 and Romans 12. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We talked a lot about discovering and developing gifts today, but those gifts are, are there but the only way that they're fulfilled in the, the way that God intends is once you allow God to lead your life, how do I do that, pastor? You have to accept Jesus as your Lord, which means he's in control and as your savior. You accept what he did through his life, lived for you because you could not. His death, he really died as you in your place, giving you access to forgiveness and salvation. And his resurrection gives you and me access to power over sin in the grave. Romans 10 says, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we can and we'll be saved. I want to give you that opportunity today to not just discover the gifts God has put inside of you, but to receive the greatest gift that has ever been given, and that is the gift of salvation through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want that relationship today, for the very first time, or maybe today's a day of recommitment, maybe when I spoke about the world mislabeling you or, putting the wrong list of ingredients you whatever something's happened to you and you've you've walked away but today is the day of recommitment where you know who you are and more importantly you know whose you are you're a son and a daughter of the most high God and today's the day where you come back home and recommit your life first time or first time in a long time I want to pray with you if that's you say Justin I want to be included in that prayer today is my day of salvation today is the day I recommit my life to Jesus would you raise your hand right where you are Say, I need a relationship, which is I'm receiving the gift of Jesus' day. I got one, two, three. Four in the middle, yeah. A couple more. Stadium, see ya. Yes, yes. It's awesome. Come on, maybe sitting in Overflow or at Sanford, Oviedo, Haggerty High School, action online. Say, Jesus it's going to be the Lord of my life after the Holy Spirit is speaking to me honored to share this moment with you. You can put your hands down. If you did, raise your hand, or even if you didn't, but you know today is your day of salvation or day of recommitment. I'd love for you to pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say this, say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. and I'm saved only by your grace. And today I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. And God, I give you that place in my life. Complete control. God, have your way every Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And God, I pray for all of us. I pray, practically this week, I pray that we would begin to discover that let us have the, the power given by you and the, the filter of love and grace, the plan to develop those gifts. And then God, let us be a church, individuals and congregationally, that uses our gifts for others' benefit and for your glory. We love you praise you. We pray that you would stir up the gifts in this church. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate all the decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate it, we're so proud of you.